Welcome into the official Guru Nation Fantasy Football Podcast. I am with co-founder and the guru godfather himself, Justin Lum. How we doing, my man? Man, every time you say it, it sounds better. Every time you introduce the podcast, it sounds more and more official. <laughs> I wish we could. I wish we could do it more, but this was an impromptu surprise edition, and I'm I'm appreciative. Well, I appreciate you, but it is the official Guru Nation Baseball podcast, so I have to be official with it. Otherwise, what else are we calling our podcast? Exactly, exactly. And there's so much to catch up on. I don't know where to start. You're the host. Just lead the All way. Right, What's been no, on let's, your let's, mind? Let's start off right off the bat. Right off the bat here. We talked about it. We've been on this train for a while now. Chris Godwin, number one receiver after five weeks. He's elite, man. He's 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 made that jump. He's up there with the guys. He's 23 years old. Like he's he's a, he's an asset that that everyone in dynasty is gonna be be holding onto, like the Michael Thomases and the OBJs and the Hopkins of the world for like for years, man. Like it's happening. Like and everyone wants to hate on Jameis Winston and saying that oh he's not a good quarterback. Good receivers do without without quarterback plays regardless of who's playing we see michael thomas week in week out teddy bridgewater drew reese doesn't matter he's still gonna ball up chris Coblin's proving the same thing he's being efficient with his targets like dude it's it's happening man it's here and we were on that train and we're just seeing we were on that train and i have to thank you for keeping me on that train because there were points in time in the offseason where there was so much hype and people were like well why don't you sell godwin now sell him high and the season has was far from starting and you said no way man he said, keep Chris Godwin, and I did, and he is, at least in our scoring settings, he may not be number one in our scoring settings because we rock the bonus, mm-hmm. and Amari Cooper and Michael Thomas are in front of him, but in regular, standard, whatever, PPR format, in the generic fantasy society, he is the number one receiver, rightfully so. The man, look what he has done to the stock and the production of Mike Evans. Mike Evans did have some crazy, but last week, what did Mike Evans drop? What did he do? A big goose. He just laid it. He just laid it out there. A nice little goose. A nice little goose. I know he was going against Marshawn Lattimore. Huge matchup, corner versus receiver. And 0 for 3 on the targets, I believe. Obviously, Jameis Winston has a comfort level like no other. With Chris Godwin, Mike Evans is the jump ball, deep threat type of guy. But the guy you want to get open, the guy you want to get those targets and efficient, efficient um, receptions, that's Chris Godwin. And, yes, we were on the train. I'm glad I got him. I know you got him in multiple leagues. I've got him in multiple leagues. So it's okay to give ourselves a pat on the back. Chris Godwin uh, has been putting up just especially the last two weeks, man. Just monster numbers. This month, he had one, only one game, less than ten points in week three, and then and I still hate myself for benching him the week against the Rams because <laughs> I really didn't know about his injury status, and he ended up playing, and he freaking toughed it out and just balled out. So yeah, shout out to Chris Godwin, man. He he could be the league winner for for many. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just really cool to see that. But like, so. In the wake of Chris Goblin breaking out, right, and obviously we're having these up-and-down games with Evans where Evans had that monster, monster game where he had like 36 points and a half, 
He's balling out. And then ever since then, he's been like a little bit quiet. But one thing that also needs to be talked about when it comes to the Bucks offense is uh, O.J. Howard, man. Like, dude, what the hell has happened to O.J. Howard, man? Like, he's completely phased out of the offense. He's getting one, two, maximum four targets a game. Like, this is a guy who last year, and even as a rookie, he was just... You throw him the ball, and something good's, good's going to happen. Every single time you threw the ball to O.J. Howard, something good happened. He was being efficient with his targets. Historically efficient through the first two seasons of his career. That would put him on pace with guys like Antonio Gates and Rob Gronkowski of leagues. Like We're talking that good. He was that good in his first two years in the NFL. To see him just completely not even be utilized in this offense and just not even be featured, like it, to me, it's been the most mind-blowing and like hard to understand um player this year and like i i don't have an explanation for it and all and all i can logically think about is that it has to get better like it's it's impossible for him to be that good and just like suddenly like not have an nfl career that is at least of above league average starter well we debated on this the gm media staff writers debate on this you pounded the table for howard I love Howard, the prospect, the athlete, the player. But you, being a Cardinals fan, know the Bruce Arians offense never truly featured a tight end, right? Like there, there were, there were these debates on whether or not he would show out this year, and I just I wasn't sure if Bruce Arians would feature him. There was a lot of hype on Godwin, of course, rightfully so. And look what happened. Of course, you cannot deny Mike Evans and the type of player he is. So. I'm not super surprised. I just remember the last time a Bruce Arians tight end really balled out. I want to say Heath Miller in Pittsburgh when when he was there. When uh, Bruce Arians had Andrew Luck. I don't know who the tight end was at that time. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have been looking for a tight end for how many years? You would know. So it's like that. that I think the coaching scheme – and the type of coach you have really, really plays into that. And it's just too bad because you're right. You're right about the individual O.J. Howard. But the offense obviously has not uh, targeted him. Yeah, man. It's going to be something to see how it plays out the rest of the season and whatnot. And if his usage is like this, is he a guy that potentially gets traded uh, to another team? Um, who knows, man. There's definitely a lot up in the air with that, but definitely been uh, something that's frustrating for me. Um, Justin, I'm curious, like, what's what's one thing throughout, like, five-week season, something that, like, you have been, A, either surprised about or, B, like, very encouraged about in the process of either a player, a team, or just um, just the general NFL? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm going to be a homer and talk about the Raiders. Two straight wins on the road. Especially you have the game in London. That's a road game for both teams. I'll be able to... You know, all the hype on the Bears, Khalil Mack playing his old team, Bears defense, and they just rocked it. They just pounded the rock, I should say. I'm actually surprised, a little bit surprised, and very impressed at Josh Jacobs. We knew what John Gruden wanted to do, but the question was, you know, we walked into the draft, the real NFL draft, with questions on Josh Jacobs, right? Mm. What, what What were those questions about him? coming out of Alabama volume was he durable enough um was he even getting utilized enough in Alabama to warrant a true NFL workload there there is those are the main questions with him um 
you know, he wasn't even as efficient as a runner as Damian, Damian Harris coming out. I mean, there's definitely a lot of questions out of him, but obviously getting drafted in the first round, like, you know, the Raiders are utilizing him as a workhorse, you know, and that's really all that matters, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, if you're getting 25 touches a game, like, doesn't matter if you were the best player um, in college or not. No, if you're putting up fantasy points and you're freaking um, – if you're able to, you know, make guys miss in the open field and be utilized as a receiver, like, hey, like, he's definitely he's definitely looked the part and is putting up numbers that put him on par with, like, top guys like Lindanian Tomlinson and a bunch of the, the great running backs entering the league um, as uh, as rookies. He broke the – he has the Raiders franchise record of most rushing yards through five games passing Marcus Allen. That's big talk. That's big time. 26 carries last week, his first 100-yard rushing game. And he's been getting he's been getting the volume slowly until they start the first week. 23 carries, really, really got that volume versus the Broncos. Then it was 12, 10, back to 17. And then last week, like I said, the 25-plus carries. So, man, if he continue, and that was against the Bears' defense. And now he heads into a bye week, rest up a little bit. Then he got to go on the road to the Packers, the Texans, versus the Lions, I would say solid defenses. You know that Gruden wants it. He will stick to the run game, and this guy is going to get the ball, and he's going to be the workhorse. So it's something that a lot of people expected, but there were doubters, definitely doubters, uh, talking about bringing up the questions that you just brought up. And he's, I believe, the number 13 running back in our scoring settings right now, and he's got some good good company um, in front of him. So, yeah, definitely impressed by him. And I'm talking about in front of him is Zeke, Marlon Mack, Ingram, um, Derek Henry, Kamar. I mean, these are guys like you expect to be in front of Except one surprise guy, Austin Eckler, which we thought would fill in, and he did. But, I mean, he really impressed so far. Can we talk about how um, the Chargers have one of the best – I mean, they – they, it's it's not one of they have the best backfield in the NFL, bar none, hands down. And that doesn't just go with Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. There's a guy named Justin Jackson that people know about. They may have seen him have some big game or like a solid game um, last year. But like, no, this guy is freaking legit, man. And and um, like he's sitting there too, and he's not getting any work because. You have the top two guys ahead of him there. But I want to talk about this. I want to talk about Austin Eckler real quick. Is it possible that Austin Eckler is better than Melvin Gordon? Ah, is he a better pass catcher? Yes. Is he a better runner? And even, I, I, I take Melvin Gordon over him. But, yeah, you, and you want to throw him. He has 15 targets. He's got 15 on 15 balls, dude. But, I, I mean, it's, it's just kind of comparing – it just depends on what you like. Like, you want a bell cow, you have Melvin Gordon. You want a guy, a PPR back, you know, that you draft later in the draft like people did with Eckler, pays off. Then you t- take Eckler. It just depends on your flavor. But, but no, as a, as a running, pure running back, I, I take Melvin Gordon. I just, I just do. And expect him to just – this was his second game. Man, it's going to be dangerous, dude. If they do it the right way, they rotate them the right way and call the right plays. Totally dangerous backfield, and you can't sleep on Phillip Rivers. But an underrated backfield I want to bring up, the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. What do you think? 4-0. Great defense so far. 
great run game. You got to give him credit where credit's due. Matt Breda, and then now Tevin Coleman is back, getting healthier, and we saw it. I know we saw it against the Browns last night, but this is a balanced attack, very much so. Yeah, man, dude, freaking Breda's a freaking stud. Um, Tevin yeah. Coleman's a great player. And that offensive line, and, like, George Kittle as well, man, like, he needs to get a lot of credit for his utilization in that run game because he does some massive, massive things for them as well. Obviously, guys like Mike, Mike McGlinchey, like, having those two guys drafted over the past couple seasons have really transformed their offense, and it's really going to mm-hmm. help push them as just cornerstones for them as the rest of um, their next few years uh, on offense. Great draft picks. Great draft picks. I mean, I forgot where they got Kittle, but it wasn't early. It was high mid-round. These are studs. These are tough SOBs. You get physical. And then what that does is that sets up play action. So you're running the ball. You're running ball. You're running the zone scheme, the stretch that Shanahan does. And all of a sudden, you play action and you bootleg with Jimmy Garoppolo, an athletic quarterback. And then you got Kittle open. You got Debo Samuel as well coming across the middle. I mean, there's just... They are. This is just the beginning. They just have to keep doing what they're doing and just evolve. Yeah, man, for sure, dude. It's uh, it's great to see it happen, man. Like honestly, like it's good to see good creative offensive minds really start to see their uh, their um, team start to win games, man. Because that that's really gonna help push the NFL in the right direction. If we start to see the results follow the proper processes, so it's awesome to see that. Um, I have one, though. I have one that you want to talk about. Yeah. Your guy, you pounded the table. This is the one you stood on the table for and yelled at the top of your lungs for Kyler Murray since way before the draft, and you said he should go number one. You wouldn't be surprised as a Cardinals fan. You would gladly take him in. And now Kyler Murray, he maybe hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns, right? But, hey, he's throwing a lot of passes would you say or i mean just what do you think about his volume so far yeah so the volume volume's a ton man like they're like the awesome thing about cliff kingsbury is he i think he understands that in order to you know be a great offense you have to pass the ball like yes you can be a good team running the ball but to be consistently week in week out good offensively you have to have to have to be able to pass the ball he understands that and um, Kyler Murray naturally fits into that. Like they're just throwing the ball like almost more than any of the team in the league. Definitely top five percent in um, pass rate in the league. Um, so in terms of an efficiency standpoint, Kyler Murray technically hasn't been that good. But um, I don't think it's something that we should be nervous about or shocked about because at the end of the day, he is a rookie. We very rarely, if ever, see rookie quarterbacks. I don't think we've really seen a rookie quarterback take over the league. Um, I would say Deshaun Watson was the anomaly before he tore his ACL. But other than that, we really haven't seen a rookie quarterback like do anything to to make that. I think more. the last time, yeah, you brought up Deshaun Watson. Great point. Then before that, Andrew Luck, and then mm. before that, Cam Newton and RG three. These guys that just you know, RG three and Luck in the same class, of course. But guys came out and we were like, whoa, all right. So, 20-plus point games for Kyler Murray in each week except week four versus the Seahawks. So, I mean, his floor hasn't been too bad. I just, 
So we you pounded the table, and it looks like so far he's been solid. I think he's going to throw more touchdowns. And uh, they got their first win last week. Congrats on the first win. Thanks, man. Could have been the good. second, if not for that tie in week one. Um, and we're on our way. We're trying to get that bet. Versus AK, we're gonna get that money from AK, right? Like yeah, we need we're to steal, like, five. Money right now. We need five wins. That's it. Yeah, five and that's one, one thing about Kyler, man, is like, is like we're finally starting to see him rush the ball. Like that was such a huge component of his game down Oklahoma. Thousand yards rushing, efficient as a rusher back home. And then we saw him get, like, six combined rushing yards the first two games, right? But I, through weeks three, four, and five, he's really started to really get a feel for the NFL, get a feel for how fast these players are. I think that was kind of a shock to him this first couple games. It's like, wow, like, I can't, like, I can't do what I did in college running around. Like, these are these are the best of the best. Like, these guys are insane athletes. And, like, even if you're a world-class athlete yourself, in which Kyler Murray is, like, you're still, like, you're still, there's still an adjusting period. And I think he's really starting to understand that now. We saw him get 93 yards. It was a shoestring tackle away from just breaking one of the, like, craziest uh, 40-yard touchdowns I've seen, just personally, just based off of speed. Um, but, yeah, no, a lot of things are going in the right direction. Obviously, like, I mean, we, we're probably not going to see, like, major growth until second half of the year because that's usually when we see rookies start to, really start to gain their confidence and really start to um, progress more as players. And then really as a second year progresses, um, that's when we really start to see the jump is is next year is probably going to see that major Kyler Murray jump. Um, but we're definitely going to see flashes, and that's what you want to look for, and we're definitely seeing that from Kyler Murray. So you naturally have to be excited about it. And as a fantasy player, those rushing yards, that consistency, that floor, those passing attempts, like he's, he's a top five, six guy rest of the season um, yeah, in, in all leagues. Hmm. I want to talk about this before we get to some GN uh, details. But your your argument, your choice for MVP so far this season. I, I know I got mine. At first, I was thinking, of course, it's usually a quarterback, right? But I got mine. What about yours? I mean, I have to. I have to go quarterback. Um, I feel like I know where you're gonna go with this, and I think it honestly could be deserving. But just to see the amount of quarterbacks one year in your route, I think it just you almost have to go that route. Um, but um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Patty Mahomes, man. I, it, I, when was the last time we seen back to back MVPs? Like it just it doesn't happen often. And he just come coming lighting the world on fire. Obviously, he had a bad game this last week, but he was obviously banged up, and um, the Colts just came ready to play. You know? And what was considered a bad game for him was 22 out of 39, 321 yards, and a touchdown. He still has yet to throw an interception. He's 11-0 touchdown INT ratio. Um, he's never not thrown under 300 yards this season. I mean, the guy is – this is the most – this type of arm talent, we haven't seen this type of arm talent I would rank since the Brett Favre, Dan Marino days, John Elway days. This type of arm talent and the way he does it athletically. I, I think you can put, like, A-Rod up there. But this type of arm strength is just um, uncanny, unstoppable. And, yeah, you make a good argument. It's an easy argument, I would say. Yeah. It sounds like the top choice right now. It's not the sexy but gonna... pick, but it's, I think it's just it's just there. I mean, like, the numbers say it, the way he's playing it, everything. But... I really want to hear what you have to say because I think I think I know where you're going with this, and um... I think you know where I'm going. And this could also be an easy choice too, unorthodox, but why not? 
why not Christian McCaffrey mm, as the MVP? Yeah. What he's done so far, I mean, he had one slow game against the Buccaneers where Cam was terrible and banged up, 16 for 37. But other than that, the dude has gone... 128, 153, 176, and just rushing um, in three of these games this year. And then in two of these games, he's had 10 catches, bro. 10 catches. Like, the dude is a running back and wide receiver. And without him, where are the Panthers? Are the Panthers on this 3-0 and um, streak that they've been on since that Buccaneers game? Like, they have, they're have, they rolling with Kyle Allen, and, and God bless Kyle Allen, like, doing the best with his abilities and he's been playing well, but dude, CMC, like without him, I don't think the Panthers are winning these games. I think this is, um, our generation's LaDainian Tomlinson. He's just, he's just smaller, but I mean, the guy is tough as nails. He can make you miss. He can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball, obviously lightning quick. And he's a smart SOB. Like he knows the game of football. He has no red flags. Like he could, he could, he could be this MVP, and like no one would be upset about it. Yeah, no. Like what Christian McCaffrey is doing is absolutely, absolutely out of control. He is on pace for. Let me get the official number here. Um, he is. It's on... crazy. Like twenty seven hundred scrimmage yards. Yeah, he's on pace for twenty seven hundred scrimmage yards. And he's on pace for, um, he's on pace for, what's the receiving numbers? He's on pace for another, like, 90 reception season. He's on pace for, Jesus. Um, yeah, he's on pace for, like, almost, like, 1,700 rushing yards. Uh, like, he, like, he's not on pace for the 1,000 receiving yards, but he can definitely get there with some, uh, more usage in the receiving game like no like we're looking at a guy who honestly could hit 27 uh 2800 yards and just absolutely just push the boundaries of what we thought a running back was possible and able to do in fantasy leagues because he is the true he is the perfect ppr fantasy running back the guy who is extremely efficient in the passing game utilized well and is getting um, eight plus targets a game, plus being the leading rusher in the NFL. You get best of both worlds, and it is just wild, and it's amazing to see. And one thing that I just I just want to talk about, I think it's crazy in its own right, is as a rookie, right? And I think this just goes towards not necessarily judging rookies, um, or not judging careers based off a of rookie season, right? We saw Christian McCaffrey. Had 435 rushing yards um, as a rookie, 3.7 yards per attempt, and he caught 80 receptions, which was good, but he wasn't efficient with it. He had 5.8 yards per target, and people were labeling him as just a scat back, as just a third down running back who couldn't do anything. And now we're seeing his true game just fully evolve to become this absolute animal. Yeah, he's just a freaking freaking animal, and... uh... Man, I wish I would have got him. That, that's when you know you're like, man, I wish I could go back in time and draft this guy. I have no shame saying that because what he's doing is unbelievable in today's type of football. It's just, and, and then you look back and like redraft leagues, of course, the ultimate 1.1 was Saquon Barkley, who still, you can, I mean, he, he got injured. But, man, 
if if you would have just took Christian McCaffrey number one, man, you would have been Gucci. Hey, man, I think that was the move. <laughs> I ain't here to tell my horn, but I, that that was that was all off season, man. I wrote the article on it, dude. Like, dude, what he did as a receiver, you want that floor, man. You want that floor, and we got this. We got the ceiling. We were hitting the ceiling right now with him. And it's just. Um, it just shows what a great player can do because when he got drafted, people said, well, I don't know if you take him because Cam Newton is not known to throw the ball to running backs. And then what happens? He throws the ball to CMC. Like, maybe he just never had the type of running back mm-hmm. that you would scheme to throw the ball to. Exactly. But obviously, you saw what he did at Stanford, and it's like, just translate it to the NFL easily. And... It's like wow, man. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, if I had the number one pick, again, I had it in one league. I took uh, Saquon Barkley. It was an easy choice. You know, it's not the worst decision. No, but hey, getting hurt so a lot of times people were taking Christian McCaffrey was falling to four. You know, some people were still taking Zeke ahead of him, or definitely taking like a Kamara in front of him. And these aren't bad choices either. But it's like, man, it's just. The monster numbers you can't deny like wow 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 cmc yeah uh, cmc is actually anyway. just going up right now and it's, <laughs> dude it's awesome it's amazing it's fun to see one thing i do want to touch on is another just completely surprising breakout like i i was gen like this is one that like i'm genuinely shocked about dj chark man like dude he's legit like, yeah. I don't think I don't think I don't think anyone or nobody really saw us coming. And there's there's a lot of times, right, where like media is like, oh, like like we didn't see this coming. Like, oh, he's a sleeper. But like, I think like last year with Boyd, like Boyd is that guy. But I think there was so, a ton of like positive indicators surrounding Boyd to where like it totally wasn't out of reason for that. But I think Charge is like a totally different case. Like, like, like again, like wasn't wasn't efficient necessarily as a rookie. Like. He had, like, some sort of draft capital, but he wasn't necessarily, like, that good at LSU in terms of, like, dominating their touches. He was just more of, like, a deep threat. But to see him really evolve his game, like, he's honestly becoming an alpha. Um, Gardner Minshew has made, I want to say, has really helped Chark out a lot because Gardner Minshew is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. And people don't talk about that. People don't talk about Gardner Minshew actually being one of the better and more accurate quarterbacks in the league as a rookie um but no it just helped shark out sharks just absolutely just go bananas right now i think he's the fifth receiver right now in all ppl leagues yeah that was definitely a surprise man i expect that i didn't expect the jaguars pass offense to be very efficient but Gardner Minshew has changed the look the scheme so that's good to see as lsu putting a, a wide receiver factory maybe you know chark obj landry um slightly some guys and i mean there's probably other guys i look up that came out of lsu even though lsu known to be it's, it's so interesting right there's lsu is always known to be a run the ball team in the past but yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool good good for chark and that brings me to the trade in alpha um, off the top of my head, Nick Robert traded for DJ Chark and got a first round pick, and I believe other picks. But trading AB, to <laughs> and we all, we all know how that worked out, <laughs> and it sucks for Spitta because you, you you know what 
he was thinking, but out off the field stuff totally wrecked that for him. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's so funny, like looking back at a trade when Joe was Joe was calling it a steal and he's all excited and he's all hyped, and then we just look at trade and that's just a just a massive bust. Like a massive now bust. Now we look at it and we and we read this and it says Nick gave up Antonio Brown. That is all. No other insurance. And this is Daredevil. A spit his name on Alpha is Daredevil. He really is. He gave up Chark. He gave up a 2022nd. Um, and then he gave up a 2021 first and a 21 second as well. Wow. And Chark is putting up the wide receiver one numbers. And Nick has the picks for the next two years. Absolutely. Oh, man. And then it ends up with Antonio and nothing else, even though he's a great team. But, I mean, that's just it's the, way, it's the way the dice roll sometimes, man. That's the great thing about fantasy. It, it can can break your heart or or, or just freaking bless you. Absolutely. And the wild, wild, just like the wildest thing about it is how soon we're able to see the results on that. Like, usually it takes, like, years to really find out, like, who wins a trade or like to find lopsided trades like that but like people to find it like five weeks after it happened is like wild to me to see like wow like we know this quickly this soon like how big of a, just a completely one-sided trade that was where it's like you're getting not only the better player but the picks and the capital on top of it is just like just crazy. <laughs> what a soap opera we were talking about this on a podcast and telling us months and months ago about ab almost getting traded to buffalo yeah. And you have the t-shirt. I had the shirt. I was wearing it earlier today. <laughs> you have the... That's going to be worth something, or it's just going to be funny to wear. Oh, dude. But AV almost to Buffalo, and just all the fuckery after that, and he gets himself booted out of New England, where he was doing his one game. He did well. He scored a touchdown. And this, this is going to be a 30 for 30, easily, and some other stuff, documentaries on him. He's, he's not going to play again. He's not. And the XFL doesn't even want him. They're calling him out on Twitter, telling him that he, they don't even want him in the league. So, man. Really? Oh, yeah. No, they, they, they've been so adamant to the point where their Twitter's like, we don't want you. Like, it just, it's just, it's freaking funny. Um, Shoot, that's like, man, if you, AV, he, he must be in the dumps right now. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be as a human being. You gotta be in the dumps. Like this just happened within a whole month to your career. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Dude, That's someone else shame. I want to talk about real quick. Dude, what what is going on with Baker Mayfield, man? Like, like honestly, what is going on with him? I don't know, man. Because we were hyping him up just like everybody else, saying Baker Mayfield was gonna beast with OBJ. And all the weapons around him, OBJ, Landry, Nick Chubb, and Joku, all that stuff. Like, can't explain it. I, I, I don't know. I haven't watched enough Browns games to see, but I know he has some offensive line issues. But, uh, well, what do you do? What do you do if you own him? What do you do? You have to hold him, right? Yeah, yeah, because you're not you try to trade them, and everyone's gonna laugh at you and not pay for for what you what you really want. You sell them cheap doesn't really help you either. Um, he is in an alpha scoring said he's the number twenty eighth ranked QB right now. He put up negative two points last night. You yeah. know his highest output so far this year twenty one points. 
uh, in week four. And uh, now he's going to play against Seattle. It's just, I don't know what's going on. Eight for 22, 100 yards, two INTs. Yeah, that will give you negative two points in our league. So, I mean, I don't think he's a bust, though. I don't think you can call him a bust yet. No, absolutely not. You but, absolutely don't. But it's it's definitely discouraging to see after what he was able to do second half of his rookie year, essentially having one of the best rookie seasons from a quarterback of all time in terms of touchdowns. Like we like everything was trending in the right direction. It seemed it seemed at the moment that Freddie Kitchen had taken over for the Browns that the fact that you know they were going to be able to. Uh, you know, be this efficient offense because we really saw the splits. Once Hugh Jackson left and once Freddie Kitchens took over, Baker Mayfield exploded. You know, Freddie Kitchens implemented his offense and they were all good. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Well, Freddie Kitchens was able to really help Baker Mayfield. Like, if he does the same thing and he implements a similar offense this year, then he should be good. Oh, wait, they added Odell Beckham Jr. on there. Like, it's everything is just like, it just, it just added up. And another thing after another, just so many positive indicators there. And then suddenly, like, Freddie Kitchens is running the same offense, and it's hindering Baker Mayfield. John Dorsey trades one of their best guards to the to the Giants for a, a yeah. pass rusher, and it's like, you know, those things are important, man. Like, when you have a rookie quarterback and you have one of the best offensive lines in the league, you don't trade away a Pro Bowl guard for a pass rusher, man. Your defense is already good enough. You want to protect your quarterback, man. That was... I mean, dude, one of the most underrated things in football, man, is is, is a good offensive line, man. And it, it just se- it seems like so easy and so simple to say, but you you really do need it. You look at the best teams in the league, and they have the best offensive lines in the league. Look what the freaking Indianapolis Colts were able to do to to uh, to the Chiefs. They were just able to bully them, and not only that, but like Jacoby Brissett is getting like two touchdowns a game. He didn't get one this game, but he had multiple touchdowns his first four weeks in the league. And I don't think a lot of people knew that, but like. No, he was he was making it happen. He was getting it done, and that offensive line is just naturally just going to keep him upright and just allow him to, you know, create more opportunities in that offense. Yeah, big salute to Chris Ballard, Colts GM. You know, all the beatings that Andrew Luck took, and then they finally addressed the offensive line. They went with the first round uh, center out of Alabama, late first round. Then they go Quinn Nelson, top five pick. Was just a maul. He's just an animal, a mauler, a freaking predator. So they they and then they got Marlon Mack wherever they drafted Marlon Mack. What round? I forget. But fifth round, Marlon. They, they yeah they built the trenches up, and it's too bad that we didn't get to see more Andrew Luck. It's just too bad because they they finally put it together on the offensive line. Man. Even even the weapons, even the wide receiver weapons. You would they got Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton hasn't declined yet in my opinion, and some solid tight ends two, in the two tight end set, and then also getting Naheem Hines as a as a pass catcher out of the backfield. What a balanced offensive um, set of weapons. So yeah, it starts with the trenches. You're right, and that's definitely hurting Baker Mayfield right now. And one thing I've noticed too, uh, speaking of tight ends earlier. Just how hard is it? We've talked about how hard is it to hit on these tight ends, man. How hard is it to get tight ends to put up big points, especially and even in PPR, like in our league, there's only nine tight ends averaging ten points a game in fantasy. And wow. and the last one is number nine is Greg Olson, and he's put up two point five points over the last two games. 
who just shows you that small, small crop of guys. Yeah. And one guy that we call is our breakout. And you started the conversation, I believe, you and Kenny, Mark Andrews. Mark freaking Andrews. The guy drafted after Hayden Hurst in Baltimore. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, the indicators are there. Mark Andrews had the most efficient rookie season of all time from a tight end. Like, I don't think that was talked about enough. I don't think people understood what that meant. And it was not. It was not. And I can say we were right. Five weeks in, we were right on that breakout. Mark yeah. Andrews behind Ingram, Hooper, and Kelsey. I mean, it's looking good pretty right good. Now. He, still, he still has to implement his... Like, the, the issue with him right now is he's not seeing a full snap share, right? He's seeing, like, he's seeing literally any time that they need, they're they calling a pass or they need a pass away. He's in there, obviously, but um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he's still only seeing, like, roughly 50% of the snaps, which, I mean, ideally you'd like to see a guy be able to do everything. But in the same, same sense, like, tight ends take a while to develop. He's in his second season. He's only 22 years old. Like, like this is a young guy who um, if Lamar Jackson can continue to play well, he hasn't the past couple weeks, but if he continues to play well and um, um, build on his breakout season, then um, Andrews is going to be a massive part of that, and Andrews could definitely be just a monster for, for years to come. And he's producing with a foot injury, and he just turned yeah. 23 a few weeks ago, yeah. and he hasn't gotten less than seven targets in a game. And you talked about him being out on snaps, of course, obviously, run run snaps, run plays. Because they did draft Hayden Hurst in the second round. And sooner or later, he's going to phase them out. And we're going to be talking about Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, maybe Kelsey. Sooner or later, Kelsey declines, I would say. He's not the youngest, but he's still a top three tight end right now. Hooper has finally, it just like you said, takes three years. Hooper has finally come into his own got the trust of Matt Ryan. And we also called out this guy as a breakout, Darren Waller, who doesn't even have any red zone targets. But Darren Waller is producing. He is, he had his worst game last week. Yeah, Darren Waller's been balling out, man. He's getting fed like no other. Consistent production. Again, no touchdowns. You mentioned the no red zone looks like. This is a guy who's been doing so well, been a top five fantasy tight end without any touchdowns. Um, without any touchdowns keyword exactly exactly it's amazing his career arc is very interesting and um i'm actually not going to take credit for darren waller hype up because he was a guy actually like i would say i was lower on the consensus on him for for two main reasons right how often is it that we see guys who are cut from a team end up breaking out another team very very rare like it's very rare to see a guy who's cut and then ending up falling out another team and it's also extremely rare to see a player outside of the top three rounds really make noise at a position like that so there is some things working against him but at the same time like he had such a small sample like Gruden obviously believed in him, and they felt comfortable letting Cook go. So there was definitely positive signs there. So like, I'm gonna give more credit to you on that one for sure because I think this is a guy that definitely you were hyping up. And um, yeah, help me do the math, bro. Help me do the math. I'm probably gonna get this category wrong because I said I said in this post I was probably just like whatever. I'm just gonna let this fly in the IG post. 
expect Waller to break out for 60-plus catches, 800 yards, <laughs> and nine TDs <laughs> as a floor. So right now, he has 37 catches, 359 yards. He has no touchdowns, so I don't know. I don't know how he will get to nine touchdowns, but is he on pace for the catches and yards oh, that I called? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, dude. I remember. I remember. I said something about that too. I was like, "Whoa, floor!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> why did I even use? It? I could have just said it without the floor. And dude, it, you were but like, I said dude, the you're floor. Spot on I was, it, man. I was you, on one. Hats off to you. I was that on. Was, was but you one. know what? It's great. It's great to see that. And another guy that we called out as a breakout. I don't know if he's considered a breakout yet, but the last two weeks, we we were struggling trying to figure out one for the Rams. Gerald Everett. Ooh, this was this is Gerald Everett. Guy. The last two weeks, Mr. Everett, seven catches and 136 yards against the Seahawks. Five catches and 44 yards and a touchdown against the Buccaneers. This is our Gerald Everett. This year, man. Could be on on the way. And yeah, he's doing well, man. He's he, obviously a massive game, but there's another guy that we we kind of like too, and there has been zero breakout from him because he's been hurt. But I do want to mention his name. Because I genuinely, in my heart, I think that this guy is going to break out at some point this year, next year, whenever. Rashard Higgins, man. Dude, just give this guy Dude, it's going to happen, man. He's been too good. (laughs) He's been too good. It's going to happen. You're pounding it. Oh, I'm I'm throwing it out there right now. I'm I'm saying, I'm putting it out there into the world. Rashard Higgins is going to break out. I don't know when it's going to happen. But all this guy does, you throw him the ball, he catches it, he's efficient. Like, the moment he really starts to get opportunities, the moment we're really going to see him start to shine. And we could see an Adam Thielen type breakout from him um, the moment he really gets that opportunity. And we saw, here's the thing, man. <laughs> um, I was watching, so, right, uh, watching the Browns game week one. The first drive, I don't know if anyone listening or Justin, if you remember the first drive the Browns had this season. Do you remember it at yeah. all? No, I okay. don't. So you're playing Tennessee Titans week one, right? And you have all this hype about the Browns and whatnot. And the Browns come out, their first drive, I think it's like they get, they get a touchback, right? 75 yards. The smoothest, most dominant, efficient 75-yard. Oh, right. Dude, yes. like literally <laughs> three minutes touchdown. I'm like, oh, shit, the Browns are for real. Like Baker's balling out. Everyone's eating. Everyone's doing the thing. But lost, lost in that context was during that drive – Rashard Higgins had two receptions for 46 yards, and then he got hurt. He got hurt on his last catch, was out for the rest of the game. We haven't seen him since. We haven't seen him since. So keep that in mind, man. Like, this is a guy who may, maybe, maybe he's a secret piece to the, unlocking the Browns' offense. He could be the piece to unlock the Browns' offense. And we know Bakers <laughs> loved him, man. Like, dude, in the preseason last year, all he did was feed Higgins. And we saw it last year at the end of the year. Like, Higgins was... was was on par with what Jarvis Landry was doing ever since Freddie Kitchens took over. Those last eight games, Higgins was doing just as much as Landry there. And obviously it remains to be seen whether Higgins is going to start over Callaway, which I need to say this right now. Antonio Callaway is not a good football player, man. He, he's not, man. They throw him the ball. Wow. They, 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 give him, they give him his opportunities. 
and he, you can't you can't just make plays. You can't have these drops. You can't have these crucial errors, and you can't consistently be making them. Like it, it's one of those things to make them one time and grow with it and learn. But like consistently, week in, week out, having mistakes, having these these drops that turn into interceptions, and being wide open and missing. It's like, dude, you can't have that happen. Rashard Higgins is is, is a ten times a better player than, and I hope the coaching staff realizes that because. I mean, he was starting ahead of Callaway naturally due to the suspension, but I hope the coaching staff realizes that Rashard Higgins is the guy that you want on that team to play, and he's gonna he's gonna lock the Browns' offense. I'm just saying that right now. That's my that's my hot take for today. Rashard Higgins. Dalton, Dalton Cates, the agent for Rashard Higgins. <laughs> we did call for the Browns' breakout, Nick Chubb. I think we're on par there. I think we're doing fine there. We we definitely busted on Kalen Balaj. I think it's uh, that's over. <laughs> I said Kalen Balaj would break up with the Dolphins. That hasn't happened. We're waiting on Michelle to repeat what he did last week. Sony Michelle. Oh, I'm um, so, so far that off could the still happen. We're now. waiting on waiting on Sam Darnold, Mister Mono. Yeah, no Sam Darnold so, and Chris Herndon. While we're at it, Chris Herndon is is like Mark Andrews light. So what we thought of Mark Andrews, I can say I thought. Uh, just as highly of Chris Herndon, so um, throwing that out there right now. Yes, uh, I think Chris Herndon um, can do things that Mark Andrews is doing, but the main difference between those two is Chris Herndon is actually a full-time player versus Andrews only being a receiving guy. So while I think Andrews is the more efficient and better receiver, I think Herndon may have a more solidified role and a more consistent week-to-week output than Mark Andrews is right now. Guru, I agree. We also called Will Fuller. Hello, oh Will Fuller. Gosh, Welcome. Man. Last week. Oh my goodness. Can he keep this up? Oh, so 1,000%. That's... There's no doubt in my mind. Will Fuller is the most disrespected player in the NFL. All he's done has just been wildly efficient. Ever since Deshaun Watson's been the quarterback, he's been one of the best receivers in the league, and people don't understand that. People are like, oh, well, he gets hurt and whatnot. It's like, well, what does he do when he's healthy? He does all he does is ball out, and all he does is not only does he ball it, he's wildly efficient with it. You look at the best receivers in the league, the best receivers in the league get volume and they're efficient with their volume. And that's what makes them good. Is they're week in, week out, they're efficient with their volume, they do the most with what they're given. And all Will Fuller has shown and whenever he's getting the targets, he's balling out, he's efficient with it. Sixteen targets, fourteen receptions, two hundred and seventeen yards, three touchdowns, (laughs) and wait for it, got tackled at the one yard line twice. Could have been five touchdowns. Also, on another drive, he had a wide-open out route on a third down, which they ended up missing out to Will Fuller. He legitimately, and I am not, and I don't say this often, and I don't ever like saying, oh, well, this player could have done this or that. He legitimately was one or two or three small, slight things away from him having six touchdowns last week. Like, put that, put, wrap that through your brain. That's how good Will Fuller is that's not a fluke. That's not a fluke. No player in the NFL can do what he just did. Well, I mean, there's a, there's definitely players in the NFL that can do that, but there's not your average Joe NFL player, wide receiver, can do what Will Fuller just did. He is, I'm not going to say he's elite, but I think he's right. He has to be in the conversation with um, the guys. Um, maybe a tier below. Um, I think he's I think he's that good. I've I've said it. People in my other leagues know how high I am on Will Fuller. Like, dude, this guy. Like, I've said it, and I, I'm gonna say this right now. I said this last year in one of my leagues. I think Will Fuller's better than Mike Evans. Wow. Dude, I'm just throwing Will all the hot Fuller. takes out here, man. I'm throwing them all out here. It's, Will it, freaking Fuller, dude. He's man. legit, man. He's legit. He's legit. I don't know what else to say. 
<laughs> you said it all, dude. You got you hit it on the nail. But we did fail on Corey Davis. Can we say that? Um, I'm not, dude. You, why are we talking about Corey Davis when AJ Brown's on the team? That's who we're talking about. That's who we were hyping I'm just, up, man. I'm going we were over hyping up AJ Brown. That we man. Called. I'm just scrolling through, and it's good to it's good to reflect because because oh. we've got a lot of good ones right. I mean, like Austin Hooper oh, yeah. for one. Uh, Kenny will love this. Tyler Lockett, Tyler you saw Lockett, that catch baby. that he made. I mean, that was just that was an NFL yeah, was Films classic. And uh, Christian Kirk, if not for any, Christian Kirk's on track. You know, if he can stay healthy, get back in the field. So yeah, I, I'm happy with it. Aaron Jones. Yes, four touchdowns. Dalvin Cook. Okay, you know, so far we probably missed on Jordan Reed and Sterling Shepard. I love that we called Michael Gallup. We're still waiting for Miles Sanders to arrive. Um, but, yeah, I think we've done pretty good. I'm waiting for Traquan Smith. So there's just a, there's some guys that we've got, got wrong so far, but still early. And there's a lot of guys I'm like, wow, got that on the money. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, we, we've, done, we've done real well. We've, uh, we've, we've... You know what? It's a conversation. It helps when you can have healthy conversation about the players, the multitude of players, their situations, and come to a conclusion. And and so far, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool to see. So uh, definitely interesting so far as we head into week six. But are are you ready to wrap this up with some some nonsense? Just to, uh, we've been throwing just nonsense fuck, this whole the podcast. Zone, we have to wrap it up with some nonsense. The zone of GN. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just... Let's just like where where can we begin, man? Where where can we begin? All I gotta do is go on the page right now and scroll through what we have here. Uh, let's just we gotta start with AK just because AK AK winning in the Matrix division his Matrix division right now. You're in there. Tell me about what AK's doing. AK started off hot, man. Three zero, and man. It was poetic. It was a story to be told that Keenan Allen led him into all three of those wins. He was the number one wide receiver after three weeks. And then we start to see Keenan have a couple bad games. And you know what happens? AK loses the next couple days. So as Keenan goes, so does AK, man. Keenan show. The Keenan show, man. That's exactly what it is, man. Dude, we have, we have, we have to, I have to I have to throw some a shout out to AK though. Okay, like let, let's just look at his team. It's a very good team. Like let's just be real about this. Russell Wilson. He's been pounding the table for Russell Wilson. He's been pounding the table for Tyler Lockett. Like he wanted all the Seahawks, man. This was his team. We've seen the breakout with Lockett, um, the secondary breakout where he's really starting to push himself in the upper echelon. Wilson balling out. Derrick Henry. That's his guy. Joe Mixon. And then he has Keenan, Cortland Sutton, who he traded picks for. Cortland Sutton's the number 10 receiver right now in fantasy. People don't see that. Uh, AK got him for a 2022 first rounder and a second rounder. Um, I don't know the full trade, but I believe it's along those lines. So, um, looking good on that. He's got Odell still, man. Like, Dude, he's got a squad. He's got a squad. And um, But he dropped two straight, right? In the first yeah, loss. Yeah, but he also, he, also, he also dropped 160 and lost. So, it's not like he had a bad week and lost. He would have beaten... He actually would have beaten a majority of teams in the league. He just kind of had a tough matchup going against a York, a.k.a. Tugs Mansion, um, out here dropping 203. 
um, on him with a nice Dak Prescott and Michael Thomas explosion and DJ Chark, who, um, by the way, he traded for right before the game started just to see him blow up and uh, beat AK. That's pretty freaking. That's pretty freaking impressive. It's wild, man. Matrix is is wild out here. We got uh, just absolutely massive tankers, man. This is this is a tankathon. It's what it is, man. There's four teams tanking right now. Matrix is the tank. That's where people go to tank. Dude, we're we're seeing the likes of Zach, who's throwing out Javon Wims as a wide receiver too, and Daryl Williams dropping a nice gooser and. uh, Man, like, it, it's rough. And then you see Major's team over here. He's throwing out Baker Mayfield, getting negative two, a classic tank job. No, I'm just kidding. Um, T- Ty Montgomery, like, dude, like, dude, we're seeing it. Uh, Jay O'Shaughnessy, um, he's out here throwing out these guys, uh, trying to make it happen, and it's not working. And then we go to, we go to the man himself, Francisco, out here, who I'm also going to call out I'm going to call him out yet again because this is out of control. This is out of control. The By GM laws, you're supposed to be starting an active player, correct? Is this correct? Yes. Yeah. He's been starting That's Riley Ridley thought. the past three weeks, who's been inactive. He started Braxton Berrios, who was inactive. And he started A.J. Green in his wide receiver spot. We need to do better, uh, man. This is out of That's control. why he only had 59 points. Yeah, and he's benching guys like Matt Breida. He's benching Chris Godwin, Gerald Everett, Calvin Ridley. I mean, I mean, his team, he would have won this week. Honest, I, yeah, he would have won this week if he started any of his good players. You know, it's like, and that's, that's he could have, he could easily be 3-2 and two right now, but he's, uh, he's playing games. He's benching the number one receiver. Um I think it's dumb. I'm calling him out again. I think it's dumb, but hey, he can do what he wants. Um, has this been has this been brought to what what does the council say? Ca- okay, what so I, 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 I called him out week two about it, and I got a lot of hate on it. But um, dude, end of the day, like rules are rules, man. Like like you got to be doing your thing, like to start these players. Um, and I know it's gonna be natural to say I kind of messed up, but I started Rex Burkhead this week, who was inactive, but. He also, Damn. but I, I didn't have, I didn't have any <laughs> other players. Like, who am I going to start? Like Brian Hill, Mike Boone, like Jeff Wilson. None of these guys are even active, regardless. So, um, hey, you know. But no, I, th- friend... I think something needs to be done about it. It's ridiculous. It's out of control. Like, if you're gonna like tank, play by the rules. Um, come on, like this is this is out of control, man. Um, just to be completely. Is Jensen Kai our friend says tank honorably? Tank that was honorably. great. <laughs> yeah. Tank with honor. You have to take with honor. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I pride myself in being an honorable tanker. I'm out here losing, throwing my best players out here. Um, but uh, is what it is, man. Um, is what so it you're is. calling out the... You're calling out the dirty tankers. No, I'm not calling out dirty tankers. I'm calling out Francisco because he's a dirty tanker. Everyone else is doing it okay. and I'm. Oh, only one. I don't care if you're tanking. Just play by the rules, man. Do active people. If those are the rules that everyone agreed on, go by them. Because I got hate for it. It's like, oh, as long as as long as long an active player can play, cool. We'll play a fucking active player then. I don't care who the hell it is. Just play by the fucking rules. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Francisco. Oh, You're making me great. mad over here. This is great. I love it. This is. De- I hope people listen this far into the episode. Oh, dude. So dude, dude people have to cats. listen to this podcast. There's too, many, too much flames, 
too much fire, there's too, there's too flames much everywhere. Did you see? You saw the flames today. Oh, you dude. were in the you were in the kitchen for a little bit before you know before you had to handle your life duties. The flames were hot over Rue Rod. Oh yeah, someone was getting I mean, called this out. Was, and he I did, thought man. Yada. I thought the Yada Gate, which was pretty, that went on for weeks. The Yada that got that got intense. So maybe. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I don't know. The, today it was just maybe it's because Spitta just went off. Spitta I, went into a Facebook Live trilogy. All right, I just as we were talking right now, I just thought of the most funny, brilliant meme ever, and I have to find a way to create it. Um, it Rue, <laughs> if you're watching this, I don't really know you at all, but at the end of the day, like you're in GN, and I'm going to. Uh, roast people as i please so um my apologies for yeah. uh, what's about to, what's you pay about to... all the money in the three leagues you're in to be a part of the roast oh yeah oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good <laughs> and it's gonna be fun um so <laughs> um dude justin thank you so much for hopping on man dude obviously this was uh flames i hope uh everyone enjoyed it enjoyed the hot takes enjoyed the the discussions enjoyed just the just the, the yeah, football just talk, some man. good football talk you know because we do a lot of nonsense too in in the forum, but then we can break down what's going on. Um, and yeah, man, you good luck this week on your three teams. I'm gonna try to take down Kurt in my game in Alpha. I think it's possible. I've already guaranteed the win. Get ready right now for GNTV live. So uh, we'll talk. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Peace Salute. out, brother. Deuces.